Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on June 5th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the universe of Avatar The Last Airbender. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 For this week, I'm actually also joined by two good friends. First up, we have Mochi ya- Mochiyama. Mochi Lama. Wow, I am going to just like start off strong on that one um we call her katie (laughs) katie how are you doing this evening i'm very excited and a little nervous but mostly excited good that's 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 how you should always approach things um next up is a returning guest co-host informage josh how's the evening treating you did you get your fish sold i did get my fish sold what are what are the turtle prices on my the turnip prices are not good right now, but I already sold my turnip. <laughs> what kind of fish was week. it? Was it a bass? Was it a trout? I mean, it's all it's all sea bass. I'm talking about Animal Crossing. In case oh. you are you I on Animal Crossing, do we need to? Oh, oh, my okay. <laughs> It's gonna be one of those <laughs> conversations. <laughs> Flamio Hopman. Oh. I'm sorry, I disappointed you. <laughs> My honor. Okay. Oh man. Um, well, Katie, real quick, Josh, we've had you on the show before, but Katie, you're, this is your first first time on the show. So yeah. we have usual couple usual introductory questions for you. Um, where can we find okay. you out on the internet? Um, uh, on Twitter as Mochilama One, which is really else thought of the of the name Mochilama. <laughs> I want to talk to them. Be like, did you think of the exact thing? I an image of a llama <laughs> eating mochi. <laughs> you know how llamas like, like chew cud. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So I'm on Twitter at Mochilama1, and, and uh, yeah, I'm just on Twitter. On that well, okay, YouTube. perfect. And then you also, you're also the one of the geniuses behind the Lore Network. I don't you know if I'm a nah, genius, you, but yeah, I definitely... You understand the SEO components. Anyone, any 
most undergrads understand SEO at this point. This is false. Um, yeah, no, this is I just do, not. I do that's post, not true. See, on on the Lauren letters. <laughs> I love how Josh and I are like, nope, that's a negative. <laughs> um. I do post on the lore network. I have one blog and like seven in the works, but I like, I'm that guy who wrote ice and whatever. Like I like to keep people waiting. Oh, George. <laughs> so, um, I'm on, I'm Mochi Lama on the lore network. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then, so how did, how did you get started and what keep kept you interested in avatar in particular? Um, Avatar. Uh, I'm a big fan of animation. I've watched anime since I was very little. Uh, we had a, a Japanese kid who lived with us when I was a little kid, and he would watch Sailor Moon and had me listen to Japanese rock music with him. And he was just so cool. I thought he was the coolest person ever. Wanted him to be my. I called him my brother. And then I've always had an interest in in anime and and science fiction since then so i avatar came out in like what 2005 is that correct let me uh, i believe it is correct <laughs> um uh since i was not the key audience i was a little awkward about watching it so i didn't watch it and then i found watching it anyway and liking it a lot and and yeah so that really hooked me it had all the elements Hashtag I was looking old for. People problems. Old people problems. It had all the <laughs> elements I look for in a show. Ooh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I watched. I think I watched it two years after it came out. Oh seven. So that was like what our junior year. Hashtag old. Um, and yeah, I I've been a fan ever since. Um, a few appas like plush appas and yeah a big fan of the show nice josh what about you what what got you into what got you started in avatar and what kept you interested in the lore of avatar i watched avatar for the first time uh like last month during quarantine (laughs) it was a super fun time or i guess now it's two months because time is relative uh so yeah people had been pestering me to watch it for forever and uh i finally did i don't know i tried it like a a while ago when it was first on netflix Mm -hmm. like probably like i've 10 years ago and not enjoy the first episode felt that it was like really cartoony and like I had kind of missed the boat on like a lot of um like the big animation like smart animation type things that have been happening like in the past like 15 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so I don't know. I just missed this one and have only recently picked it up. But uh yeah, I'm through Avatar, I'm through Korra. I'm I'm I watched the M Night film today so you've gone through <laughs> just because i wanted to give it a chance I, I think you have to refer to it legally as a travesty so 
I think the uh, what was yeah. what was the response that you gave him was I think that yeah. that violates the Geneva Convention. <laughs> I always knew what the feeling about it was, but it's also still on Netflix, so <laughs> that happened. That happened. <laughs> that happened. I think there's a support group also you can like if oh any see i'm i'm totally part of the community now like <laughs> it's only been two months for me but like i'm one of y'all <laughs> there is live action avatar in boston <laughs> so <laughs> Well, I guess I'm going to actually kind of turn it over to Katie here. Um, Katie, do you want to run us through like a basic introduction of when people talk about Avatar? Like Avatar The Last Airbender um, is separate from, the I think it's Legend of Korra, right? There's Those are two separate. They're, they're in the same universe, but they're two separate story arcs. And two, is that is that a correct statement? Um, they're t- it's like two... It's- it's like a follow-up series. You know how Voltron okay. has like vehicle Voltron and legendary defense. <laughs> you know, like it's its own series. It occurs in the same universe, um, but it's not a. It's not, a, and it does have a few overlapping characters, but mm, okay. it's not a sequel in that it it doesn't um, follow Aang's adventure. It follows a new. Um, avatar's adventure okay got it got it got it so so with avatar the last airbender that is following ang's story yes right? there's three okay. seasons mm-hmm. so do let's let's walk through like so like for like the intro session era or an intro session what is like the overall what would you say the overall like layout of the I keep wanting to refer to it as the game world. It's not a game world, <laughs> but as as like the Avatar world. Uh, what is that kind of like? Um, Josh, would you want to describe the universe, or would you like me to? Uh, I think since you've been in this longer than <laughs> you should. <laughs> um. Okay. So, um, when we start the we learn as we go along there's um a, an intro that kind of defines which has been parodied a billion times on social media platform possible that describes the universe which is water fire earth long ago <laughs> uh, there are four elements and there are four nations that are capable of bending one element each the airbenders, earthbenders, firebenders, and waterbenders. The Avatar disappeared a hundred years ago and the world fell into ruin because the Fire Nation attacked. So for a hundred years, the four ele- the four nations um, at not at odds with everyone, it's mostly the Fire Nation, but they've been completely um, focused on fighting this war, which we don't know anything about. We just know that the Avatar disappeared and ev- Episode one opens on on his from an iceberg with his his pet Appa, who is a sky bison, which is 
it's a big hairy animal that can fly and i think has six legs um so definitely six legs see. i've had this argument about how he's probably an insect because he has six legs oh that's so cute <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, so that's the that's the Avatar universe. Um, there are these four nations. There is this one human that exists as the Avatar, who can, he's the only person who can control all four types of bending, and he's meant to, which is real convenient universe that you have these four powers that should be diametrically imposed and embattled, but they only seem to start to have a problem when the Avatar disappears. So normal, like, so, so does everyone have the ability to bend or is it only certain people? That's actually something of a plot hole, in my opinion, is that we don't know what makes a bend not. Um, and we have all benders, the, the universe, the narrative never really, in, at least in um, uh, never really address what causes someone to be a vendor it's just random. and in some places vendors are of short supply they'd start to die out um like in the southern water tribe katara is waterbender in a while after raids from the fire nation they're closer to the fire nation than the northern water tribe they um they've been wiped out attacks they get murdered by the fire nation and she's in quite a while no one is used to her bending and it's like a surprise but a happy um but we still don't know and why why some people become benders why some people don't bending is kind of in, in touch being becoming in later on we find out that bending energy and spirit so we can assume maybe that benders are more in touch with their spirit than non-benders but in my opinion it's kind of a plot hole as to who's allowed to bet who becomes a bender and who, who doesn't Okay, so so it, it, you do have like that's true. Regular that get explained later. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so but like you have so not everyone has the capability to manipulate. So it's basically the classical elements, like the Aristotelian elements. Mm-hmm. You have fire, yep. earth, water, and air. Okay. Cool. Um, and only certain people have the midichlorians to manipulate. Oh my them. god! Just, <laughs> I need. Mm, mm. I'm gonna be the troll tonight. Yeah. Welcome. You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but then, but you said also that you can only, like, people can only bend one element except for this one super special person, the chosen one. Is correct. that correct? So you um, don't, so can you have, are. can you have, so it's either you have one element or you have all the elements. There's no combination of, like, earth and water. Or... There's no, there's no combinations in any person. Well... I don't. We're talking about Avatar, so in Avatar, there's no combination. Okay. In any- I guess that is that something that sounds like that might be something that gets kind of introduced in yeah. Legend. There's like specializations of ending. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember reading something about like I think it's like metal benders or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. They're a subset of earth benders rather than like. People combining two elements and the greatest it gets invented during avatar so only the greatest earthbender ever is able to, to create metal bending. 
It's too bad she'll never be able to see her creations. Um, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Going for the low blows here. (laughs) So, from, from... from a cultural standpoint like like so is it is it like super um is it super political or is it just kind of like convenient politic uh drama for the story arc as far as like because you said like the fire nation basically started this whole drama fight war thing what What do you mean by political are the like do you actually do you actually get into the politics of like what causes the different cultures to dis to to have problems with each other or is it just kind of one of those things is like oh well a long time ago this person decided that he wanted to take over the world do you i have an answer for that but do you want to answer that josh I mean, I'm kind of interested to hear what what your answer is. Um, I would say it has a surprising amount of politics, and it actually, I think the re- I, I associated this series a lot with Gundam Wing when I first um, watched it. It re- really gets into the nitty gritty of why these wars happen, and and different sides, and taking you essentially the child series to so take through different viewpoints and all kinds of fairly complicated um, reasons for supporting or, or for fighting a war. So it does get fairly political, especially book two, it gets the most political, but it, it does, you do learn a lot. But the best part about Avatar is that it's very story, you don't learn it outright. Like no one's saying this is what the Earth Kingdom has. And this is, it, it does it simply through through stories through yeah i think i don't know because i think when i think of like um sci-fi fantasy narratives getting really political i think of dune and dune is just a nightmare of politics and everyone fighting against (laughs) each other so i mean i guess comparing that with avatar like initial reaction is to say that it's not very uh into the world politics of the setting but like right but you're right like it's like it does a really good job of portraying where these different nations are coming from and how these conflicts have happened um and don't like weigh themselves down with it yeah I agree. It doesn't. It doesn't get into. It doesn't get to a point where the politics drags. It's a really balanced show, <laughs> which okay. is funny. Um, but, but yeah, the, it gets fairly into the politics. But I, I think it does so always in relation to the plot, which is like why it's a beautiful show. <laughs> right. Well, and so yeah. like, okay, so like, do do each of these kingdoms have? <clears throat> I'm assuming that each of these kingdoms have a pretty distinct culture from they're not all the same obviously and one kingdom has two cultures but um yeah okay so what what would can you can you kind of give us like a a a rough kind of breakdown of the different cultures of those that get presented in the show 
Um, sure. You have the Fire Nation, which is a dynastic monarchy that um, has gone power hungry for various reasons. Um, it's a very, it's a completely power um, nation that is a, an aggressive nation, and which kind of goes along with the. Um, so it's the Fire Nation. They all have different names too. There's the Fire Nation, the Earth, the Air Nomads, and the Water. So the Fire Nation is a monarchy. The Earth Kingdom is also a monarchy, but they're scattered, and they're they all kind of follow the idea that the Earth Nation, uh, the Earth Kingdom, is um, they're these proud kind of fortified and huge. Um, they, they, you see them expressed more disparately than any other. And that's actually addressed like verbatim in a line in Avatar about how there, there are many of them, but they're all strong by, I think it's Iroh who says that line. Um, so, so they're, they're very, very disparate, but they're where fire is the element of power. Earth is the element of substance. So it kind of makes sense that they, their kingdom would be expressed in various, diff- various ways. There are a lot of cities which we see throughout the Avatar's journey. The water tribe is broken into the northern water tribe and the southern water tribe. And we are introduced to the southern water tribe in episode one, which is kind of this sad little cluster of igloos with only women and children and Sokka who is one of the main characters, who is a teenager, a teenage boy. Um, and we've learned that their their men have all left to go fight the war, but we don't know the reason that they chose that time to leave at that point. Um, so they're this kind of sad cluster. And then alternatively, we have the Northern Water Tribe, which is very different um, from the Southern Water Tribe in that they're a powerful kingdom with warriors and waterbending. The North... The Southern Water Tribe has only one water, but doesn't really know how to use it at all, which is Katara. And then we have the Air Nomads, um, who they were, they're based off Buddhism, and I think Taoism a little bit. Um, they're a peaceful nation. They live in almost unaccessible temples um, in mountains. They're airbenders. And one cool, while reading about, um, literally everything I could just to be prepared for this for this um, chat was actually all all children who were airbenders who were um, of the air nomads became benders because of their way of life like they have a do no harm peaceful mentality that is in really compatible um, with their element so all children who are were air air nomads would become benders which is different from every so possibly like related to this idea that everyone can become a bender, but possibly more so for them because of their spiritualness. Yeah. And that's not something we learn in the show. That's a fact that was added to the wiki by one of the creators, which is like tantalizing because I'd love to know when anyone wants to know like how all the characters could bend all the, all the characters in that universe could learn to bend. Metachlorians. Metachlorians. <laughs> 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 so that was a long answer. Sorry, Blue. 
No, no, no. I, I think um, on in from what I've what I've experienced of the show, a lot of the characters are predominantly from water and fire, the uh, two nations. Because I think you have what the the two main characters from the water tribe are uh, Soka and I just blanked on her Katara, and then Sokka. Whatever. Sokka is not a bender. Well, right, right. Well, but he's from the water tribe, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have water water tribe members, and then there's two. The two primary fire uh, is as uh, is it Zoku and the uncle who is amazing. Iroh. Iro. Yes. Iro's. I, um, he's my he's my favorite character so far from my my very limited I mean, experience of the show. Be everyone's favorite. He just, he just cried. Like I was, talk- I think I was talking to you, Katie, about like I. We just watched the. Uh, we're pretty, f- we're pretty still pretty closer to the start, but we just watched the episode where he forgot his. He thought he forgot his <laughs> tile. <laughs> he made him go back. <laughs> then the end of the episode, he's like, "Oh, here it is." <laughs> it's like I'm like, "Oh my god, just love it." Um, and so like. So we haven't we at least I haven't seen um too many characters from they they've encountered other benders especially from the earth bending because obviously um well not obviously but one of the historical events that got ha- that happened before the show started was the destruction of the air um nomads correct so there there really isn't which is the name of the show the last airbender do we want to so what what why why is why is Ong the last airbender? Josh, I'm going to keep asking you just because <laughs> I, I, can, I can answer that, but I want to be a kind person and not yeah. ask too much. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Aang is the last airbender. They were all uh, wiped at and part of the part of the politics of the what ended up becoming the war that was started by the fire nation was that they uh the fire nation knew that the next avatar would be born into the air nomads so they just decided to wipe all of them out um yeah so ang we in book one i don't think i think we learn why he runs away towards the end of book one um but we know that he wakes up um because of katara she's the she's the first waterbender in a while and she's no one to teach so she just kind of mostly gets her brother soaking wet while she's learning and while they're out fishing to get food for their village um it really is a village at this point there's it's not really an, a, tr- a nation it's just scattering of igloos and women and children and their grand grand um and while saka pisses her off because he is at this point not a feminist <laughs> and, um, just being annoying to her and always expecting her to do everything for him, all the women's work. And she gets pissed off. Um, she starts to use her bending and unbeknownst to them, there's this iceberg in which the avatar is dormant and using her bend opens the iceberg and there's this big flash of light. And um, he appears like 12 years old with unknown creature to them. And that starts the whole show. Um, him appearing he doesn't find out until the end of one which is called water um that his people have demolished in his absence and his hundred year absence 
right? And so, he ended up surviving because he he had happened to run away uh, shortly after he was identified as the Avatar. Uh, mm-hmm. And shortly after he ran away, the Air Nomads got wiped out. Mm-hmm. Right, and I guess I want to kind of follow up on that. You had mentioned that the Fire Nation knew that the, air, the Avatar was going to be an air air nomad. Can you guys mm-hmm. kind of explain how why how did how did you how do they know that? Like how do how does it, that get explained? It's cyclical, so so it's in a pattern. Each element follows the other in a reliable pattern. So they the previous Avatar was Fire Nation. Um, so I don't know the exact pattern. I think it might be, if I'm guessing, based it's off of the air, like, water, earth, fire. Yeah. So, so the previous avatar was Roku, was, and then um, before that would be Kurik. Is it Kurik? Who's water? And before that would be Kiyoshi. And so it would go Kiyoshi, who's an air bender avatar, followed by Kurik, who's a water bender avatar, followed by Roku, who is a fire bender avatar, and then Aang, who is an airbender again. No, I missed an earthbender somewhere. <laughs> um, I, I think I think Kiyoshi was the one was right she before. Earth? Yeah, she's Roku. Earth. Sorry. So yeah, she's, she's Earth. So um so sorry. Um so so Aang um Aang disappears. He's a young he's a young avatar. Mm-hmm. Um we learned through season one that the Fire Nation has become aggressive and the air nomad had monks so ang is raised by monks not his parents which is also interesting um tell him he's the uh, quite young he's, they normally would tell him at 16 and he's only two, but they don't have a choice in their minds because the fire nation has become aggressive and is starting to attack the other nations they don't they need him to train early um and so he is only a kid and he doesn't cope with this very well being normal being able to play um, and he runs away from its duties. And um, in the middle of Eve, he and Appa fall into And then through the miracle of being the Avatar, he's preserved and he, he creates ice around himself to save himself, literally, um, until he's awoken by Katara. So, and that's called the Avatar cycle, correct? Um, that's the Avatar cycle leading up to Aang. Okay. Um, in his absence, the Fire Nation are looking for him because they expect an heir avatar and their solution to preventing is to burn all of the um air nomad so when he goes to look for his people when he's away there's only a bone left which also presumably is why they started attacking the fire nation then started attacking the water tribes is because then they expected if they had wiped out all of the air nomads then the next avatar would have been would it have been water yeah because that's then, how we got Korra. But then the question would become, why only the Southern Water Tribe? Is it just because they're close? Um, because the Northern Water are formidable? I mean, I would imagine. I mean, because plus the Northern Water Tribe is so built up as we see towards the end of, or at the end of book one. Um, and they have a lot more benders. Like, that's 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 a little more problematic for fire people i have a theory but it is speculation so that'll be for later um and then real quick on the avatar cycle is it so does are they individ are they different people or are they all the same person i guess because we're kind of talking about 
a cycle there that kind of sounds like a, a resurrection type thing it's a it's, reincarnation yeah so okay so they are they are it's, a reincarnation it, of each other it's both and neither yeah they're the both they're this they're all the avatar and the avatar is one person but they're they are different individuals mm, okay because they're predominantly the bender that they are born into born i assume into exactly <laughs> so i yeah. guess Josh, I know you and I have joked about this before because there was a terrible YouTube video, but it does seem like each bending element also goes with like a personality type. So, like, is that is that is that a, is that a fair statement? Like, is that do do um, airbenders and waterbenders and firebenders and earthbenders do they all have like a particular strong element of their personality that kind of shines more than I mean, I, others? I, think it's unfair to ascribe personality traits to a particular ending element because i think it's especially in this setting like because those elements are um representative of different or different cultures and different nations okay that's more of a so it's i think it's more more of a a cultural influence got it got it got it okay okay so it's not like the earth people are more stubborn it's that the earth culture is more aware and more defensive whereas the fire nation is more of like an aggressive um offensive like combat focused right right. okay okay right and i think i well i don't know katie you can probably talk a little bit more about this but i think that's also like especially in terms of the benders that's also kind of seen in the the style of um it's a phrase i want like the martial art of bending for each individual Mm-hmm. element yeah because yeah. the or sorry katie uh just real quick I, I was like the the katara's like um motions are very similar to kind of like a tai chi-esque you fa- hit it uh, on style the yes they base the creators created each um bending with a mar- different martial art. i don't know which type of tai chi but it is a tai chi that um they used for for water bending okay. and earth kung fu, I think fire is like Shaolin kung fu, and air bending was a martial art. I'm gonna probably mispronounce, but is Bagua Zhang? Um, yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. Okay. So each, um, and that one's based off of more circular motions, which I thought was really interesting too. Um, the circular, circular movement defined. That makes sense. Actually, yeah, because like, yeah, because kung fu or gung fu is is based on keeping connected with the earth and staying mm-hmm. like it's all based <clears throat> on lower body strength, whereas tai chi's more about uh, fluid of movement. Yeah, actually, all those mm-hmm. make really actually a lot of sense. Yeah, one of the really interesting things that you that especially you'll see if you're only in book one when they move into book two and which is the earth book. And you start to see a lot more earthbenders. Like you see how how like squared off they are in their stance. Yeah, and how yeah. They the, are. Uh, the crazy dude. Uh, Bo- is it Boomy? Boomy. That doesn't. Oh he, yeah, Boomy. <laughs> Boomy. Boomy's Boomy's the crazy stance dude is like, wasn't wasn't specific, well, but oh, okay, yeah, yeah fair. There, there are, yeah. Well, Boomy's like there. There's a the fight scene where Boomy actually like at the very end of that episode where the older Boomy comes out and starts fighting, I can totally see that. Cause like, he's very, very like 
cut like he he makes sure that his feet are planted literally and figuratively and it was really it was actually He's really cool to see that buff. Like, is anyone else weirded out by how buff the old people are in the scene? I'll be honest. After watching as much anime as I've watched, I, I just, it's just, what's the anime I was watching earlier? Uh, uh, is it Baki? It's the wrestling one. I'm like, these people are just inhumanely, there's muscles on muscles, and I don't understand that. But That's so dry. I mean... It, it, no, it really is. Like it, it really is. Master Roshi, anyone? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in in terms of Avatar, I think it's more. I think that that's just how boomy it is. Because I mean, Iro isn't exactly. That's rich. true, but Iro Iro also like, <clears throat> and I think they kind of explain this in one of the episodes too. Is Iro is the way. I think they haven't fully explained the like the the true nature of the differences, but like a lot of the fire and this is kind of the the impetus of my question was like a lot of the firebenders are very very um, to be honest not in control like they're very passionate about what they're doing, whereas Iroh is very reserved, but he's also and it, you see this a couple times he's also really powerful like well he, it's I don't want to I don't want to say anything except reserved is how to describe the current Iroh. And I wouldn't say... Oh, okay, that's fair. That's because his past, right. I, okay. like, I don't want to spoil it for you, but there, I would say Iroh is an exception to the rule. Well, and, and I just, I just, I guess my my thought there was, it's like, you know, to me, I think Iroh is an interesting character because he isn't the normal, like, fire, you know, the fiery temper. You know, I, I realize it's kind of a double play on there, but like... You know he doesn't he doesn't per, he doesn't put off that vibe, and then but like he still has like superb control. Like he because I think there was the one episode where he gets um, lightning strikes him and he like channels the lightning off of him, and it was like it was just like it was like wait a minute what did you just do? Um, it's interesting because that touches on another part, which is that there are categories of benders. Not every bender can do could do what Iroh did. I think so there's, Lightning there's like a hierarchy of... in inside even right. the bending. Okay, okay. Yeah, Which that is like a mega-level mutant. Yeah, yeah, I was about oh, to say, that oh makes gosh. a lot of sense, <laughs> actually. Who's your favorite, favorite Omega-level, Josh? Wait, mutant, or are we talking bender still? <laughs> mutant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Who else could talk about Omega? I didn't know you liked X-Men 2. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will also say that in terms of Omega-level mutants, there are, have been a variety of uh, definitions for what Omega-level means mm-hmm. in universe. So basically, a whole lot of characters have been classified as Omega-level at one point or another. Yes, they have. So that's a that's a difficult question. Um, all right, we can talk about it some other time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I don't even think that there's a hierarchy as much as there are normal benders and then master benders. I think there's really only two categories. Mm, okay. And some people seem to be uh-huh. really gifted. <laughs> I think that's actually, <laughs> um, think that's actually um, one of the, pro- like, it, I don't know that it's a plot hole, but it, it is interesting how stacked 
team avatar is in terms of master hmm. well and could that just be because you're focusing on like a story around the most powerful figures well i was thinking about it earlier does it count as like o- overpowering a team like two fifths master benders and the third be the literal avatar who is already overpowered by nature right or does it is it is it also so so you could say they stacked that team on purpose to win the war or you could say could it be that anyone who is able to achieve master level ending is of such a character that they aren't going to sit by while the word world burns so like i don't know i couldn't answer that question in my own yeah because it kind of almost seems like both right i mean yeah like yeah it's convenient that they're that two fifths are master benders and one becomes ma- a master bender in less than a year. but also knowing her character of course she would well i mean also like this isn't a spoiler because it's obvious but Toph is is just the greatest earthbender ever she is. uh and whereas she knows, she knows her worth <laughs> whereas whereas <laughs> katara is really good but like even in the show she's not necessarily the the she's not the greatest waterbender um like she's definitely I talented i don't know if i'd agree oh, yeah. with that yeah i don't agree with mm-hmm. that <laughs> she can heal <laughs> and she can bloodbend so she bloodbending only one other person we know of as of avatar so she's literally like the second person to learn blood bending and she can heal which master paku says is a special gift for the women folk but um you know oh. <laughs> well there's so many different angles oh my god there's so many angles that that and... can go down that i remember when i watched the travesty that was a movie because i didn't i hadn't watched the anime at that time or the the animation at that time oh, and they dear. they brought up the concept of bloodbending and it was just like i i left the theater in tears because i was laughing to myself so hard because it's just like i'm like there's so many ways that you could have handled that so much better and it's just mm, yeah no <laughs> no that's just mm-mm. I mean, also, like, waterbenders get stronger depending on the uh, phase of the moon. So, sure. of course. Do you know, it, I'm wondering, like, are, so we have this comparison between waterbending and firebending and then airbending and earthbending, which are the polar opposites or natural opposites. Mm-hmm. Water, fire, air, earth. Um, and water, fire, they have these, um, like, plant, like, not planetary, but, like, um they have these two different circumstances, circumstances but... where their bending is either strengthened or weakened, weakened, which is full moon increases a waterbender strength, which is kind of awesome because full moons happen. Um, so when there's a full moon, they're super powered. And when there's an eclipse, they're, they're depowered. And the same for firebender, a comet, which kind of sucks because those only have <laughs> randomly, rarely every hundred years or so. Or um, I guess we'd never see a circumstance where they're completely deep powered except for the solar eclipse. Um, but I'm wondering, like, what would the equivalent be for air and earth benders? Like, do, or, or just because they're on a different pole than water or fire, they don't have any exacerbating or minimizing elements that affect their bending. I don't know. I mean, I think that's probably part of it. I mean, because they're so stable and stationary, like they just are like there isn't there isn't going to be a circumstance that makes them strong. Air, but is air 
more stable or is air more well is, if is you're going if you're going off the stable? classical elements yeah air and earth are going to be the more stable fire mm. fire is that's i mean if you look um because if you look at the, the classical um cross diagram those are the opposings mm-hmm. right earth is mm-hmm. earth is anchoring air is it's i don't know the best term but air is constant whereas fire mm-hmm. is fire is always changing and water is always responding like it, it's not like there's not so to me that makes sense if you're if you're if you're connecting them to like the aristotelian classical elements that actually does make a lot of sense that you would have water and fire codependent on or dependent on events outside of their control like water and the lunar cycle that that makes sense because it's the same thing that happens with the tides you know the Mm -hmm. gravitational the gravitational pull changes the water okay that makes sense uh the fire i'd be curious is it just comets or is it also attributed to like a solar rotation like does the sun have actually any power over them the sun is where they get their strength okay so do i mean like like, would it be a daily cycle like it didn't like i don't think it ever came up where like they were less powerful at night as because that was my gonna be my next question was like does do they become less powerful during the night okay plothole no. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. it would also, it, it would just be, I mean, that could also be, that would be a very interesting dynamic is because that would be on a very fast rotation, you know? Yeah, it it is interesting that waterbenders are every full moon. However, I will say the comet is more of an effect on firebenders than the full moon has on waterbenders. Yeah, so like, and I, I know like, I'm just looking real quick. Because I know, like in in the concept of especially like medieval alchemy, um, that these elements are very, very these are like the prime elements, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you have like you have different you have different degree or different cultural appropriations of the elements. Like in Japan, you know, earth would be solids, water is liquid, obvious. Fire is uh, things that are things that destroy, and air is things that are moved. But mm-hmm. Japan also has void. Uh, which is uh, things that are like supernatural. Nothingness. Uh, yeah, it's it's thing. I think that's it's represented not- things that not of our everyday life is how they they describe it. Um, Can I get the etymology? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Use it in a sentence. No, I- but like, I mean, you also have like you have connections to astrology with the each each of the elements will have. Yep. Um, a particular sign of the zodiac uh so like fire is aries leo and sagittarius sagittarius earth is taurus virgo and capricorn air are gemini libra and aquarius <laughs> and then water signs are cancer scorpio and pisces so what's your horoscope jay uh it depends are we using the classical or oh, the cute. one that changed in the like what was it four years ago no one no one talks about a Phaicus. Okay, are we not? Can we not? All right, so we're agreeing we're not talking about that one. Then uh, I would talk about it. Yes, yeah, f them. Uh, Leo <laughs> is mine. I was so You're mad. I was so mad when they did that because it was like I was like, no. Now I I can't even remember what it changed. <laughs> well, they they added a so thir- I, what so was the it the thirteenth or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like get out of here, <laughs> Josh. What are you? I'm a Virgo. Your horoscope. Please. I'm a Virgo. Is that water? 
Earth. That's an Earth sign. <gasps> I'm also an Earth sign. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, team Toph. <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> so that means you're a fired, right? Yeah, correct. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, okay. So that's where Dino is talking about the the bending techniques or origin. Apparently, badger moles. Which yes. that's a that's an absolutely terrifying concept. Um, we're earthbenders, dragons for fire, and sky bison for air. Yeah, and just the moon is the original. Bender no, of I, I watched the travesty movie. There's a black and white fish that swim in an eternal circle. Well, they're also in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like that wasn't added. Listen, listen, as no. much as that movie deviated from things, I would not no. be surprised. Yeah. It was not an M. Night twist. Surprise. <laughs> that was the twist, that it wasn't a twist. <laughs> Um, well, so I guess really to, to kind of wrap up the intro, what are, the, uh, let's, let's kind of just look real quick at the main characters and then next in the advanced session, we can actually dive into those different characters, but who are, so within the, the last airbender story arc, who are the primary, who would you say are the primary characters that we should know about? You mean in the gang? Team Avatar. Team Avatar and the gang. Um, do you want to you want to talk, Josh? Or were you saying gang with like two yeah. A's? <laughs> I love how Josh is like, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Got to make sure that I'm hearing this correctly. <laughs> it took me a minute. <laughs> um. No. Uh. Well. So yeah. Uh, as far as Team Avatar, uh, there's there's Aang, the last Airbender, uh, Katara and Sokka from the Water Tribe that we've talked about, um, Toph, who we haven't we've only touched briefly on because she's primarily in Book Two, which Jay hasn't gotten to yet. So mm-hmm. um, catch up. Peasant. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we've got important uh, Fire Nation characters also in Zuko and his uncle Iroh. Is he part of the gang? I think the gang is just... Yeah, I don't think I would are. necessarily consider him be... He's, he's got his own gang. Yeah. He's got his yeah. Own. <laughs> <laughs> and then in, um, the later, in the later books is, I think I had written down uh, Azula... She is not Team yeah. Avatar, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's not. She's no, 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 no. Very, she... <laughs> she's a very important character. Okay. She, is, she is like she's Zuko. She's yeah, she's a big deal. One big theme in Avatar is the idea of opposing parallels. So mm-hmm. Sokka and Katara are siblings who love and support each other, and then Zuko and Azula are siblings who resent and try to kill each other. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. <laughs> She's team scary, according to chat. <laughs> and then is it uh, is it Zhao? Is Zhao Zhao, Zhao is uh, Zuko and oh, Azula's dad? Malfoy. 
general. Okay, he's the general. Who's their father? Ozai. Ozai. Lord Ozai. Okay. Cancel And then their grandfather is Azalon. And then their great grandfather is. Who's their great grandfather? Sozin. The glorious legacy of the Fire Nation. Comet was named after. And I think Sozin was the was the yes. Fire Lord at Avatar the time Roku. of Avatar Roku. Okay, yeah, oh. they're best. Ozai best. is voiced by Mark Hamill. But, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I love so evil. <laughs> yeah. Sick. All right. Well, hey, let's let's wrap up the intro session, and then for the for the advanced session, let's jump into the different. You guys are referring to them as teams. Let's jump into their like the specifics on them. And then what happens throughout the the three? I think you said three books, three seasons mm-hmm. of of the last Airbender. Yes. Um, so, uh, Katie, we usually do like a round of shout outs for each of the sessions. So, do you have any shout outs that you would like for the intro session? Um. Yeah, he's Saka pronounced with an Aka. No, sorry. <laughs> 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 like I paddled my canoe, I'll paddle yours too. Um, oh no, my! It's just going to be poetry that Saka says, so it's not worthwhile. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> uh, shout out to M Night Shyamalan and oh. my cabbage. Well, I want to give a big shout out to you two for jumping on and because like obviously I I know like a very little bit because I've 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 started watching it, um, but I don't know nearly as much as the two of you. Uh, so I appreciate thank you for jumping on. Um, but yeah, I just yeah thank you for taking some time and sitting down with us to talk about that. Uh, and for everyone listening, I just want to thank you for your time. Until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.